I said, okay, how did the dog get out of your room? Oh, I left my door cracked a little bit while I was taking a nap. And he got out. I said, okay. I said, I want to, and I was, I, I said, I'll do respect, lady. I said, but that's incredibly stupid. And it's so fucking stupid for two reasons. And one, you let your dog get out and that dog could die. And number two, someone would come, could come into your room, yeah. rape you and steal your shit. And that'd be a real fucking bummer, wouldn't it? And she's just like, whoa. I was, and I'm sure part of me was mad because now I don't get you my don't, dog. You don't get to like, bring applesauce home. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, but I just, th- that was just one of those things where it's like, how does that happen? This dog I'm, thing is sticking in my brain. I'm kind of amazed. I had no idea that you were a dog person. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Ape Cast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. When I'm no longer the sportsbook manager, I am now the, the, the slots and beverage manager, so I'm running the bar. And the casino floor. Because they like to move people around so you get to understand the, how the entire... Yeah, Jeff, Jeff gives you a, a holistic yeah. kind of uh, thing. Which what is good, I love, which is great. I'm, I'm built for the, 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 the bar and the, and, the, and the slots. I mean, that's... I, sportsbook, I don't fucking follow sports for shit. But now you're built for the sportsbook, too, because you've been there. So they're, they're, like, they're investing in their employees by yeah. giving them an education around yeah, this is the whole college. business, which is good. It's which is great. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so now I'm, now I'm uh, in, in the minutia of, like... You know, working with vendors, I'm changing up the beer menu. Everybody's like, "What? You're changing up the beer menu?" Because all these motherfuckers drink just piss, swill, Bud and Bud Light. It's like, no, I want some good beer. Because fuck it, I can't drink at my own bar, but I want good beer. And so I'm changing things up just a little bit. We can't get rid of the the, the piss, swill because that's no. We got to have that because yeah. that's part of our, our distributor. But Anheuser Busch. Bud Bud Light also has Goose Island. Right. I like Goose Island beer. I'm making some calls. You know, I, I talked to uh, uh, Pete over at Haymarket, and I'm going to try to get... Basically, I can run specials on shit I don't pay for. So if I can get Pete to send me a case of Matthias just because he likes my fucking face, then I can give away or sell at a, you know, like your dollar Matthias just so my fucking assholes can go, oh... Well, this is way better yeah. like than the bullshit we've been drinking and get them used to drinking better beer so that then they'll start buying better beer. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how it happens. But, but I'm having well, fun. Well, and if they, if like they drink job. three Matthias, they're going to be shit-wrecked drunk and they'll probably gamble more. That's the only reason... Hey, if the only reason you even have buffets and fucking movie theaters and bowling alleys and fucking free drinks and smokes in any casino is one end. They want you to fucking have a nice time. Puts no fuck all that. What? Put some put some fucking money in those goddamn slots. Buy right. b- you know buy chips for that fucking blackjack so we can take your cash. That is the whole purpose of it. Yeah, it's the most American yeah. fucking industry there is. So you're you're what six seven months into this gig? Almost eight months. So you're you're past the the honeymoon period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're and you're liking it. You've had some opportunities. You've you've brought things to the table. They're making some changes based on your suggestions. Like it's it's yeah. a good gig. 
Yeah, it's really slow changes. I've, I've, like well, I said, I've never, is slow. I've never encountered. Well, I've said this isn't fear of change. This is a stubborn fucking resistance. Just resistance. Just yeah. They just they're like it does. I mean, I figured out with my GM. I'll make a suggestion, and it could be a completely reasonable suggestion. His first, the first thing out of his mouth every single time is no. No. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, I started getting pissed about it, and then I realized how he works, which is. I'll give him an idea. He'll say no. He thinks about it. Then I bring it up again. Then he thinks about it some more. He says, maybe. And then I bring it up a third time with better justification. He goes, all right. <laughs> and, and so I'm getting lots of stuff done. It just takes a long fucking time to get stuff done. But it's fun. I, yeah. Like I said, I, it's all good. My plan is uh, to keep it up at the Wild Wild West until probably June, because mm-hmm. that'll be a year. And then uh, start looking at uh, some nicer properties, some higher-end properties that uh, pay more money. Because once you've done a year, then I, I should be able to say, okay, I'm ready to graduate uh, yeah, you know the wild, wild west community college that is the casino thing. <laughs> so yeah, so how's your job? You, you're what? What are you? Three weeks in? Uh, two weeks, two full two weeks, weeks in now. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. It's still at the. I'm still in the honeymoon period. You know, I'm yeah, still. Well, yeah, you're just uh, you just I'm still got new. There. Yeah, but uh, I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy the people that I'm working with. There seems to be. The promise that I felt when I took this job remains, and good, good. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm comfortable and confident that it's going to remain. Excuse me. <clears throat> nice. <clears throat> oh Jesus uh, Christ! You're and you're mm. worried about people turning the fucking podcast off because I'm talking about chairs. And no, you're they, they've already turned it off. Hacking your fucking nobody's, lungs up. Nobody's fucking listening. The at last this point. remaining three people just went fuck. You lost them at High Boys. Eh, fucking, they don't yeah, care. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, so, but I've, I spend a lot of time. Of course, spend a lot of time thinking about the anxiety I feel about the potential that this job could go to shit. That I'll hate people. That they'll hate me. That it's all going to end. That they won't need me anymore. Because I've been through this before. Well, you know, there's yes. Let's talk about that in a little bit. Yes, but so I, yeah, I'm, I'm better putting all that aside and just like being there and just doing it. And if it goes to shit, it goes to shit. Figure it out. But there are none of the telltale signs that I've seen before in situations where it ended badly. So that's good. And I yeah. used to, if I look back on things, I saw them early on in those earlier jobs. You know, around this time, two weeks in, it's like, oh, that's 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 weird. That's not what was pitched. Okay, interesting. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's going well. I'm excited to do stuff. I'll be traveling a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is just I wanted to get your opinion on like what are the best new things about what are the best things about starting a new job, and then what are the worst things about starting a job. I'm eating a pastry. Sorry. I see that. Yeah. How this is that is a, pastry? Well, <laughs> this is an apology pastry because Dana's been working at Harrah's on uh, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And so yeah. I finish my shift about 1030 and then I go pick her up at Harrah's uh-huh. when she's done at like 1130. Well, last night I ended up having to stick around a little bit longer. So I didn't actually get out of the casino until about 1115. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little bit late. Well, that's the thing about Dana is the idea of being finished and just staying at the place 
we've agreed that I'm going to pick her up. Yeah. That idea somehow just never, it's just, it's like she's covered in fucking bees and has to run. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually on my way. It's only about 10 minutes to get there, right? Yeah. She's, oh, I was just walking down the street. Okay, well, walking down the street. She's at the fucking win. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> she's been stretch. walking yeah. for a good solid 20 minutes. I'm like, how the fuck, well, where am I going to pick you up? And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, God damn it, it's Friday night in Las Vegas. There's traffic everywhere. How, pick a corner, stand there. A place. Yeah. yeah. And so I, the thing about it is I, I got off the phone with her. She said, I said, just meet me at the Encore Self Park because I know where that's at and you know where that's at and that's where we'll do it. So I was like, all right. And so I get off the phone with her. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Motherfucker, why'd you just pick a god? And then I had this. Well, but that's moment. stressful for you because you have such a terrible sense of direction. I know. So any alteration to I'm the fucked. plan, you're totally fucked. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of the Harris like fucking circle, and there's goddamn Ubers and fucking assholes on there, and drinking motherfucker. And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> Am I in Las Vegas, or if I suddenly and I'm maybe I'm in Albuquerque? I don't fucking know where I'm at. So anyway, I start to get mad, and it's one of the things I've been thinking a lot about. I actually have a piece. Uh, I think it came out yesterday about choosing things, you know. And I've been thinking a lot about, and I think this is a uh, this is an after honeymoon period kind of thing. Yeah, because honeymoon period. You're talking about the job. Honeymoon period is everything's cool. Everything's yeah. fun. You know, you all don't the problems the are cute. They're like, oh, that's yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you don't see the cracks in right. in that interpersonal thing. Nobody's going to you and going, yeah, God damn it, David, this person steals the fucking bagels, and I hate her fucking guts, and right. I want her to. Nobody, oh, this goddamn place. Nobody does that at first, right? But at a certain point, you start to see the stuff you just don't want to mess. The politics, yeah, you know, the interpersonal shit. And it occurred to me, and I was talking to one of my security officers who just walks around and fucking mopes his ass off, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't pay me enough. This is a hard job. And I don't like it. And I'm like, you know what? You agreed at the outset. You said, okay, I'm going to give this many hours of my day. And, and it's not like they hid the fucking place and said, okay, by the way... You don't know which property you're going to be doing security or what it looks like or the people in it. We're going to just surprise you. No, you knew. Yeah. And they said, this is how much we're going to pay you to do it. You made a choice to do all that. That's it. Yeah. You know, but nobody forced you. You didn't have to. I said, and and so you chose to be here. This I said, you know, I was looking at it the other day. This morning, you woke up and you chose to get up. You chose to shower. You chose to put your uniform on. You chose to come here. Okay? So if you're fucking miserable, you must want to be miserable because this is all based on your choices. Unless you're taking that job because it's the only job you could find in time because you have Bullshit. a family to support. Bullshit. Come on. Sometimes it's hard to find jobs. Come well, on. Well, no. It's fine. It, it's fine to, hard to find jobs. But for fuck's sake, man, it's still based on your choice. Maybe you have limited choices, but you still chose that. And even then, even then. Well, what you choose not, is how you whether, react to your situation. David. Yeah, exactly. David, you, have, you can choose where you work. You chose where you work. I chose where I work. Everybody chooses where they work or if they work at all. But even more importantly, and that's my point, 
he comes, he's got to do it. He's already locked in. He's made the choice. Whether his lim- choices were limited or not doesn't make any difference. He chose. And now he's choosing to be a fucking miserable sack of shit. Yeah. Which, why are you making that choice? So anyway, I'm mad at Dana. I'm like, God damn it. Why can't you just stand? I'm trying to turn. And I do become that guy in the car where I'm like at the window down. And people are honking. I'm like, ah, go Fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to, God damn it, I'm trying to turn left. You know, I mean, this is what I'm doing. And then suddenly it hit me. I'm at a stoplight, like in front of uh, Bally's. And I'm at the stoplight and I go, you know, do I really want to be mad at my wife about this? Right. This is pretty typical behavior. It's not bad. It's, I mean, it, you know, I'm a little inconvenienced. I'm a little tired because it's been a long day. But yeah. do I really want to be mad at Dana? No, I actually don't want to be mad. Whether I am or not is not the point. I don't want to be mad, so I'm going to make a different choice. And so between Bally's and Encore, (laughs) I totally chilled myself out because I know I'm going to choose to be happy to see my wife. Mm -hmm. That's the choice that I'm going to make. Yeah. So we get there. She finally finds my car. You know, she's like, which section are you in? I said, I'm parked in the self-park because I can't just sit in the street. You know, right? And she said, "Okay." So she finds me, but her way of saying sorry was to buy me this little pastry in the wind. Well, that's nice of her. And there now here, so, here we have yeah. a, a podcast episode where I'm clearing my throat of of thick coffee, and you're chewing eating, on a on a pastry. I'm eating a lemon yeah, cake. I, at this point, I hope no one's listening. I hope that the the talk about chairs in the sports book turned them off, and that we can no, just eat our breakfast in peace. Our disgusting, throaty breakfast. I hope they listened to last week and went, maybe there's more of the same, and then they get this mundane nonsense. And they're like, what the fuck? I hate What do you like about your new job? I like new office supplies. No, the thing I like, all right, quickly, because I want to hear your experience. To me, what I like about a new job is there's a sense of new. You have a first impression that you're making. You have that opportunity to kind of like, okay. And in what you do in that first like month, really sets the reputation that you've got at the place. It sets who you're going to be. Yeah. Like, for instance, you know, I noticed immediately at this casino, everybody wears fucking, like, polo shirts. And I went, you know what? Polo I'm shirts? Wear a shir- oh, okay, yeah. Like, polo shirts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wear a shirt and a tie every day. Every day I'm going to wear a shirt and tie. I am fucking haven't worn ties on a regular basis since fucking college. Yeah. Fine. So I found all my old shitty ties. Why did you wear ties, ties on a regular basis in college? You know, I, well, actually, I didn't in, in in when I went to Friends University, the Christian college, my first two years of college, I wore ties. Then I got to the University of Arkansas and became a blackout drunk. And then <laughs> I fucking wore Hawaiian shirts. I, I wore basically, without even knowing, I was basically dressed like Hunter S. Thompson all the fucking time, <laughs> except I wore shorts. I was like fucking cargo shorts and a t-shirt and a fucking uh, Hawaiian shirt and a goddamn fedora and I was the biggest turd oh, God. on Turd Island. However, that's and I dressed that way all through that college. Yeah, but so I still had these ties left over and I was like, oh, okay, I'll wear some of these ties. And now I, I mean, my mom's bought me some ties. I've got an Avengers tie. I've got a fucking Star Wars <laughs> You're tie. You're pulling out ties. <laughs> For your new job as a as a casino manager, ties from the nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get you some ties. I like ties. I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying my ties. But anyway, that's one of the things you do in that first thing. 
The negative is, in my opinion, the the you know it's fucking the honeymoon. You're you're now a part of the firmament. As soon as people start including you in their pissing and moaning about, well, she does this. She said that. He said this. I can't believe that motherfucker talked to me like that. It's like, oh, you talking about Bernie and, and Elizabeth? You were there for that? No, that I'm, happened no, at your well, casino. It, well, yeah, that's did, what it actually. sounds like. <laughs> no, dude, I've been walking around the casino with my uh, with my uh, Elizabeth Warren billionaire tears mug just on display, which just <laughs> invites conversations, don't you know? I've been having fun with those conversations because the people that are like lefties are surprised to see somebody in a casino. They just want to talk about it. And the people that are not are like, are you kidding me? You like Elizabeth Warren? I actually, uh, not whether I like her is not the point. Yeah. Um, if she, I, I am in favor for her candidacy and I would like her to be president. I hate her. I said, doesn't matter. I did. You know, it's not about hate or like, don't vote for her. If you're voting for somebody because you like them or you hate them or, you know, not voting for somebody because you hate them, then you're a child and you're not paying attention. But that's okay. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, those are the pluses and negatives of, uh, I think, a new job. What are yours? I, well, I jokingly said new office supplies, but I do get a kick out of new office supplies. Like, it's fun to go into the office and raid and go shopping, basically, for shit you don't have to pay for. Um, I like, yeah, the new people that you get an opportunity to pull out all the old best polished jokes none of these people have heard these jokes yet you could use your old routine use the old stuff <laughs> go deep go deep into my into my repertoire and pull out stuff about i don't know any of it i mean just all of it it's all brand new and it's yeah, stories you haven't told in a yep. long time because your wife rolls her fucking eyes every yeah. time you mention you open your mouth to tell that one story about this thing and she's uh-huh. just like god damn it I did. This was one of my my second wife. Whenever I would tell a story she'd heard before, she'd hold her fingers up the number of times she thought she'd heard it, <laughs> and if it ever got to four, I had to stop telling the story. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's just it's something new. There's new th- challenges, new things you don't know that are going to happen, which is which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, uh, the hard part, though. And the thing that causes the real anxiety is like, what am I going to wear? Because like you said, there's, you have to set the stage for yourself in that first month. It's a cost, it's a costume of a, of, of a type. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't want to be overdressed. I don't want to be underdressed. I want to find that right spot. That's like, Ooh, he's kind of a cool dresser. So like that adds to me liking him maybe. Cause we judge people by their clothes. It's fine. So you're really, it, you've said this a number of times. You're very concerned that people like you at your job. You've said, I mean, you've said this at least three times so far, and we're only about yeah. 10 minutes into this thing. And you have mentioned that it seems very important that people at work like you. Uh, I, yeah, I suppose so. Tell me about that. Uh, if they like you, they, they'll, they won't be so quick to fire you. They'll, you know, they'll listen to you a little bit more in ideas. They'll, they'll respect your thinking a little bit more, not, even no, when you're being not, difficult. So I think there's a difference you credit. between people liking you and people respecting you. I think that's a very, I mean, I think they can go hand to hand sometimes, but I think it's a very different thing because the people that, I mean, I like plenty of people at work that I enjoy their company. It's like, oh yeah, that's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can think of a number of people that I work with at the casino whom I like, but I also know that they're completely incompetent and 
and have no respect for their opinion. And we've got a we've fair, got a, yeah, we, that's true. We got a security officer, and he's a fucking nice guy. This guy is he's a little bit older, and when I say that, you know, you know, he's ancient, yeah, right? right. Um, but uh, he's a little bit older. He used to be, and like I said, I love his stories. He used to be a limo driver in Hollywood. And so he has driven every rock star. I mean, he's got a million stories. Chrissy Hines sat up in front with him in his, you know, he was the limo driver, right? Yeah. Well, he and his wife moved to Vegas and, you know, he just didn't want to do limo driving anymore. So now he's a security officer at uh, a bargain basement casino. And he's got a million stories. But this guy has obviously burnt his fucking brain out on (laughs) weed yeah. You know, in the early days, he's, this is an old hippie that he's just fried. Yeah. And so when it comes to being, I mean, one of the things he did was if someone checks out of the hotel and the hotel's been, you know, they've either been left, asked to leave because sometimes people stay too long, whatever, or they, they leave and they leave stuff in the hotel room, security's job is to come and take the stuff and put it in, you know, basically a lost, lost and, and found. found it. Yeah. And then we have to give it 30 days before, you know, that kind of shit. Right. Well, this, <laughs> he, this, is, this is who this guy is. I love him. He, like I said, I like him. But he's like, yeah, you got to go clear out room 908, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm on duty. And I'm not really the manager of the hotel, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a manager on the property. Yeah. So I get this guy. This guy is completely spazzing out. He's a guest. I'm like, okay, what can I? How can I help you? Yeah. Somebody came into my room and stole all of my stuff. All my clothes are gone. Everything's gone. And I went, okay, what what room? Okay, well, first of all, let's figure out what room you're talking about. Nine sixty eight. Oh God. And what Tom had done was, instead of going to 908, he went to this guy's, to 968, and fucking locked the guy out of room, took all his shit, and put it in. And so this guy is completely spazzing out. This is him. He's not, but I don't respect him. Yeah. But I, I mean, I mean, respect him as a human being, but I don't respect his opinion right. when it comes to work. But I, but I like him fine. So the question is, how hard are you willing to not be liked in order to be respected? Which is more important to you? Respect. I think respect. Yeah. See, I, I, I walked this fine line throughout my entire life of I've long not cared if people liked me or not because I always had enough friends like, well, I don't, I don't need everyone to like me. Like I, I've never needed yeah, everyone to like me. But you've you know? always had plenty of people who've liked you. Yeah. So I've been comfortable so it's not like, in it's having not those like who you've don't. Been mis- yeah. It's not like you've been misanthropic and you go, wow, I only have like three people that like me. I, my life is over because only yeah. three people like me. Yeah. I, yeah, that shit doesn't bother me. And I, have you ever had only three people like you? Probably when I was first starting out as a person gaining friends like i only had all i had was like my parents that's two yeah um Alyssa khan was a good friend of mine in preschool like okay. so that's three yeah. you know kendra leclaire so yeah i mean there was a time when i only had three people but so how I, many I was people i was today? two years old you know all right so now you're 40 actually i probably today? never had more than three or less than three so because- how many people today would you say <laughs> you can say i think Probably don't count like Facebook likes. That's bullshit. No, 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 that's no, all no. bad. Right, right. How many people can you say? This is the number of people that actually I believe because mm-hmm. what we think of how people see us and what how right. we act, it's not the same. Like, what is my truth? What's mm-hmm. your truth? Yeah. Oh fuck me. <laughs> anyway, what? How many people would you say you think 
you could say, yeah, if I went up to that, if Don went up to that person and said, you like David? And go, yeah, I like David. How many of those people would there be? Uh, I'm so bad at math. I don't know, two? Four. There's there's well, only let's four quick, people let's that I would quick, go to. I mean, there's four. No, you're saying that there is four people. You're you're figuring out what to wear at work so that people will like you. Okay, so this is your your agenda. Your agenda is your costume for work. It's not about people respecting you. It's not about how you are comfortable in your skin or the most comfortable you can be. It is I want to dress a certain way so people will like me. So for you to say four is such right. a monumental. You are lying to everyone listening and yourself if you think that that is what you truly believe. Look, I think that I, I probably misspoke when I said that I was what I was going to wear was so they could like me. I think that it's more I want to feel. I want to feel pretty. You can't no see. You can't take that back because you said you I misspeak. misspoke. If I miss, no, you didn't. You didn't misspeak. That is why you're doing it. So don't tell me you just want to be pretty. You want to be liked based on your clothing. So tell me well, not how based many people. Solely. I just I think that it can help. I just think it can help. Okay, so what I'm because saying as is the how new many guy, people, people judge. They're like I haven't worked with this guy yet. All right, but so if, I like a shirt. If I go to Chicago. And I have a picture of you, like a good picture, not like a doofus picture, but a good yeah. picture. Yeah. And I go to all people that know who you are, and I show the picture. I say, do you like David? How many of those people are going to say, I really like David? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Take a guess. I mean, how many, I don't know. How many people do you want to say they like you? I only want the number of people... To say they no, no. like me, they I, I I don't know. I don't have a number. Because I if it's only one, then I hope that that one person is like truly likes me and is like is a friend, like that is there for me. That's all I would need if that's all that I've got. Yeah. You know, and that they can that can counteract I think, losing I all. I think you were I think you I think last week you showed your ass and now you're protecting your ass on this one. You don't want to go you don't want to go all the way deep. So you're just throwing, you're throwing, you're throwing I showed my ass. We know I want my wife to like me and to respect me. I want both for my wife. Well, yeah. I don't give a fuck as much about everyone else. That's kind of how, yeah. That's that's cause the reason I, because I was thinking of it, the minute you said it, you, you dressed a certain way so people will like you. I thought, is that why I wore the tie? And I went, no, I wore the tie because I'm a natural contrarian. And the only reason I decided to wear a tie and a shirt every fucking day is fuck you. I'm different than all of you because I just want to feel special. It's not that I want them to like me. I want them, I want to be set apart because that's just how I, that's just how my brain works. I feel it's funny that, that you say that because I felt this second week around as I was getting dressed each morning, I felt myself going to the, all right, how can I be the contrarian a little bit here? How yeah. can I start to, because I eventually will drift that way anyhow. I can okay, only try to it. conform for so long before the other side of me, that's the majority, just goes, yeah, I'm done with this shit. I got to do things my way. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and well, it's, it's, we have a do. We have to do a thing called the uh, the manager on duty log. So yeah. for every shift, and it's basically a pass along. It's like here's the shit that happened. Yeah, here's some things to know. Here are some of the machines that you know, like oh, a machine froze up, and it's got eight hundred and forty two dollars in it. So when it comes back, this is the guest that gets that money. All that kind of bullshit, mm -hmm. right? Well, I realized pretty early on nobody fucking reads these things. Right. I mean, nobody actually reads. 
these logs. And, and I'm the only one that actually consistently does it for real. Like most, like the graveyard shift is like, help some guests this, uh, threw out some prostitutes. That's it. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, okay. So I've just started writing shit that makes me laugh. Yeah. Whether it has it, he's like, one of my other managers is pregnant. And I said, so yesterday was like uh, one of the, you know, team member opportunities, which is like the staff. I said, Catherine complained for hours about wanting chicken nuggets. I believe when she left her shift, she got chicken nuggets and fries. I mean, you know, and this is the kind of shit I'm putting in the official document because I know nobody's reading it. But when somebody right. eventually reads it, they're going to go, what the, what the this fuck? is an incredible story here. What an this exciting is, casino. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday, this is, I got to tell you this yesterday. And I actually, this is the first time I've done it with the log is I actually told a story because there's like sections in yeah. it that you fill out. And if you don't fill out every section, you can't post it. Right. Right. So yesterday, this is all right. So I'm walking around. And again, we've got this uh, days in hotel that's attached to the casino and I'm doing my job. You're right. And I know Danny's going to bring bring in the car because she had to use the car during the day, and she can drop it off, and then she's going to go to Harris. And this couple walks up, and they have got this fucking adorable, like Bijan Frise, whatever fucking little fluffy white puppy. Yeah. Oh my god, this fucking puppy is like Baby Yoda cute. I mean, it's the <laughs> cutest fucking puppy. He's just so happy, and she's holding it. And, you know, people, and we we allow dogs. In, in a certain section of the hotel, and we don't mind that they bring their dogs in as long as they aren't allowed into the casino. We right. want people to feel comfortable. And dogs, I love dogs. Anyway, she comes in. It's not her dog. She huh. and her husband, her she and her husband were were leaving their room, and this fucking puppy is running around loose in the parking lot. What? Yeah, I mean, it's just a tiny puppy. So she picks the puppy up and doesn't know what to do with the puppy. She can't put it in her room because if you book a room that's not a pet, you know, it's like a pet room, yeah. and you bring your pet in, we're going to charge you 250 bucks just for fucking breaking the rules, you know, because, yeah. oh, dog. So she doesn't want to do that. So she's walking around looking for a casino employee that will take the dog. And so I take wow. the dog. <laughs> you know, because what the fuck? But then I suddenly yeah. realize... The fuck am I gonna do with this goddamn dog? It's <laughs> just like this hot yeah. potato. This game of hot yeah, potato. It's like, yeah, it's like ah shit. So I'm like, all right, what do I gotta do? Because we don't know whose dog it is. There's no tags. There's no collar. Nothing. Right. It's just like a naked, hairy, cute little ass fucking bundle of dog. Right. And I'm like, and he's adorable. And so I'm like, so I'm like, ah, oh fuck. Okay, I'm gonna walk. Well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to the executive office. And I'm going to put him in the bathroom because it's got a tile floor and that way it didn't shit all over my boss's fucking carpet, you know, right. whatever. Right. So I so I go in, I get some water, I get some, I comp myself some beef jerky from the gift shop because what the fuck else? So I give the dog some beef jerky and some water and he is so fucking cute. As I'm walking out, Dana comes up and she sees me with this dog. She takes a picture with me holding this dog. We go in, she starts playing with the dog, and Dana and I have been talking about getting a dog for two years, right? Shut up, really? Yeah, because I, I love fucking dogs. Dana doesn't want the responsibility. She's afraid it's going to cost too much, that it's going to be too much responsibility. It's like, okay, I got it. This is also a woman that has killed every plant I've ever brought home, so... I understand well, on some Plants level. are much easier to kill than dogs. I've tried. No shit. No, there you go. So anyway, so I she's like... 
if that woman doesn't pick this dog up, because we know that it's probably, we're pretty sure that this dog is some woman's dog, because people have said they've seen her with this dog, but we don't know if she's on the property, you know, if she's staying. She says, if, if that woman doesn't pick up that dog, we're taking that dog home. So I started thinking about it. And now I kind of want to, I kind of want to take this dog home. I'm starting to get attached. Yeah. I'm liking this dog. This dog's, oh, he likes me. Holy shit, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I start justifying it, and I, I, I talk to, I let everybody know if this, if a woman comes looking for this dog, I've got the dog, and I call animal animal control, not because I want them to come take the dog and put it to sleep, but just because I'm just trying to cover my bases. I get a voicemail, so that's great. So I call my my boss. I said, "What do you want?" He said, "Well, you shouldn't have taken the dog." <laughs> and I said, "So what? What are my fucking options?" He goes, "Well, you know, you've got to be there until eleven o'clock." So. Uh, if she hasn't come picked up, pick the dog up by eleven o'clock. You know, you're taking it home, or you're just gonna let it loose out in the street. Cause I can't fucking let it loose out in the street. Cause hey, then you can take it home. So I went, so now I'm mentally going, I'm taking this dog home. Yeah. All right, this is my fucking dog now. I named him. Oh God. You know, I mean, cause like like oh, what's the name of this dog? And one of the jokes at the bar is when I started, one of the bartenders just called me manager Awesome Sauce. <laughs> and then they kind of just shorthanded it. So now, literally, when they need the, the manager of the bar, they just say, hey, applesauce. They call me applesauce. So I named the dog applesauce. Oh, my I God. that was cute. So I'm so... And then all of a sudden, this fucking woman shows up, and she's looking for her dog. So this and bitch took your applesauce away from you? I didn't want to give her the dog back, but I was like, I have to get yeah. her dog. But she's a fucking flaky. She's probably 55, 56 years old, flaky broad. And I looked at her and I said, all right. I said, tell me, describe the dog. She described the dog. It's her dog. Um, so I said, okay, how did the dog get out of your room? Oh, I left my door cracked a little bit while I was taking a nap. And he got out. I said, okay. I said, I want to, and I was, I, I said, I'll do respect, lady. I said, but that's incredibly stupid. And it's so fucking stupid for two reasons. And one, you let your dog get out and that dog could die. And number two, someone would come could come into your room, yeah. rape you and steal your shit. And that'd be a real fucking bummer, wouldn't it? And right. she's just like, whoa. I was, and I'm sure part of me was mad because now I don't get you my don't, dog. You but don't I get to like, bring applesauce home. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I just, th- that was just one of those things where it's like, how does that happen? This dog I'm- thing is sticking in my brain. I'm kind of amazed. I had no idea that you were a dog person. I love well, I love dogs. I've got I when we were at the Super Bowl, uh, at Lauren Huffman's Super Bowl party two years ago. Yep. I guess yeah, two years ago now. Yeah, three. No, it was 2018 because I didn't go. I didn't go out of town for it because. Oh, okay. Katie Fair was a, Katie was like about to burst with Harry. That was when when we got our tattoos. Got it. That's 20, right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I remember you playing with her dog, and I remember taking pictures thinking, Don's, like, warming up to a dog. I have no idea. This is amazing. I, I need to capture dogs. this. I had no idea. I knew you didn't, oh like, God. you weren't like, fuck animals, all dogs should burn in hell. But I, I did not know that you were a... Oh, Dana, we, that you we guys were have talking been talking about, about this. Oh, no, we've been talking about it for, like, two years. We went to Paws I, in Chicago, and I was playing with a couple, you know, they let you play with dogs yeah. in the certain room. And Dana's watching me play with this one dog, and, they, you know, they take the dog back, and she just burst into tears. And I went, what, what? She goes, you love dogs so much. Oh. 
It was like, yeah, I, I had, this is so, I'm, I'm fascinated by how little I knew about this. Cause I sent you that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rise uh, of the rise of the dog force. Yeah, um, Lauren Vanopel's story. Yeah. yeah um, Lauren Vanopel, of course, is this, well, not, maybe not of course, but the sister of uh, Mike Vanopel, who. Um, local motive, uh, local does, motive our music. does our music. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also written for Littered Ape and. Uh, yeah. Performs in Bug House. House. Yep. So I sent this story to you, The Rise of the, of the Dog Vorse, because it's a story about couples who don't have kids but and maybe not even be married, but have a dog together and what happens when they break up. And it's they, there's custody sharing and, and this stuff gets worked out legally in some cases. Yeah. So I sent this to you. It's a good article. Yeah. I mean, one, I sent what, it to you because like, here's a buddy of ours, GQ. Where can people find? Yeah. Where people can people? It's GQ.com. Yep. And what's it called? The Rise of the Dog Vorse, D-O-G-V-O-R-C-E. Yeah. People should definitely read it. It's a good It's a good article. Yeah, it's a good article, but I sent it to you like, you know, look what our buddy Mike's sister's doing, cool, right on, she's, you know. But also, how much would this annoy Don that people are fighting over their dogs? Like, I, I just, I pictured you saying, fuck it, it's a dog, who cares? No, 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 am, my reaction, blown away my reaction to that was like, I In totally get way. it. Yeah. I totally get why people would have that sure. kind of uh, fucked up conversation. I mean, I stayed because, together with a girl uh, for her, for her cat. I've written about that on the eight before. Like, yeah, pets are the best. Yeah, I've. I mean, I grew up with dogs. I, you know, in fact, you it's have one of my never favorite... talked about this. Oh yeah, I have well, never it's... heard. I've heard every other fucking story except the ones about your dogs. Yeah, well, it, you know, I mean, my favorite. Okay, the 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 dog that probably it's you know you've heard me talk about my grandpa Jay. Yeah, you know, like how big a deal he was. Well, he yeah. had a dog, Colonel. Colonel was a white Alaskan husky. Of course and, he was. And yeah, and my grandpa was military from like you know World War II. And so yep. this dog, this was a badass fucking dog. Yeah. But one of the things, and you know, he came, you know, he had the, the husky in Kansas and all this kind of then he in Arkansas, and then he went to the desert and he moved out to Arizona. And Hus- Colonel loved Arizona. Really? Loved. Oh my God. That's he great. Well, there's a story my mom tells us about my grandpa Jay. He loved the desert so much that he and Colonel are walking, and they're walking. They're just walking out in the fucking desert, just checking stuff out. And he falls in a hole. Colonel Grandpa falls Jay, in a hole? Or no, Grandpa, Grandpa Jay falls Jay in a hole. Okay. falls in a fucking hole. And Colonel can't get him out. He can't get himself out of this hole. So what's my grandpa do? He says, Colonel, go get help. And he just laid in that hole and just marveled at the desert <laughs> until, until Colonel brought my grandma on a truck. Oh my god! Right, and so I love Colonel. It's like an was episode of Lassie. It was. Did Grandpa Jay fall in a hole again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but that was Colonel. And Colonel, uh, I never saw Colonel die because Colonel knew he was going to die. Yeah, and just, when it was time for him to die, he just disappeared in the desert. Yeah. And I've always thought of that. But we had uh, a, a collie that we bought after that that I named Colonel Two. Okay. My very first dog, and this is like one of those like. Wow, what's the, you know, it's like, oh, what's your mother's maiden name? You know, like, here are the security questions. Yeah, your first pet's One name. Is, yeah. Their first pet's name. I always feel a little weird about my first pet's name. And when I tell you the name, you're going to go, okay, I can see why that's a little weird. The, my first dog was this shitty little mutt that I named Chigger. Yep. 
and chigger is like uh, a it's like an it's a, itchy it's a bug yeah yeah it's like an itchy bug but whenever nasty, i say that nasty things when they bite oh, you really nasty oh, they're terrible yeah but i called him chigger but yeah. in this day and age when i say that i oh the look you just gave me it's like yeah. i get that look and it's like no that's not what i said i said chigger it's not the same word not at all this is the name of my fucking first dog kiss my ass yeah so yeah i love dogs wow. i love dogs Maybe I thought you didn't like dogs because you kind of gave me friendly shit about my tattoo. Yeah, of course. But what do you mean, of course? Like, as somebody who loves dogs, you could look at that and go, I completely understand that tattoo. That is a great idea. Well, no, I don't think it's a great idea um, <laughs> so, at okay. all. So, but I, but I, but I, but I understand. <laughs> I understand the love. Wait a of, uh, of a dog. I understand the love of a pet. But I also understand the love. And if you called me up and said, "I'm getting Katie's face on my arm," I'd say that's a. I understand why you would put your wife on your arm, but that's a stupid fucking idea. So don't do it. Why? So why is the? So listener, if you don't know the tattoo that I got, and we did a, a podcast about this, but two yeah, years a whole ago, podcast on it. Uh, this was a couple months after our dog Eddie died, and Katie had done an illustration of Eddie. Um, that I, I ended up getting tattooed on my arm. And the whole thing was Don was going to get the littered ape tattoo and was going to, you were going to peer pressure me into doing it. I'm like, I will do this. I just don't know what to get. And then like, we had a phone conversation about it. Yep. And I literally like turned around and there was the illustration that Katie had made like on her computer screen. I went, it's like, that's done. It. That's it. So why did you, like, here's this dog had just died. I loved him so, 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 so much. Why was, why do you think it's not a, that wasn't a good tattoo to get? No, I think it was a fine tattoo. I mean, it's if you're going to get a tattoo, but in, you got to remember that in my in my bizarre old man alpha male way, yeah, tattoos aren't about feelings. Uh, you're you're the thing is <clears throat> this is the thing and let's, I, again. Let's talk about your it, tattoos. There are no feelings it, connected to your no what, well, twelve no, tattoos, your dozen tattoos. I have. Ten tattoos. Ten, okay. And they, and, and they do have emotions attached to them. But as I would say... What are emotions what without say. feelings? Well, no, this is what I'll say. Your line drawing that your wife made of your dog that hadn't just died. He'd been died he's been dead for a while but when we, before you got that tattoo. He died right? at the end of October. So November, December, January, we got it. So th- he'd been dead three months. Okay, all right. That, that My timing was off. I thought it was a lot longer than that. But anyway... Um, this is the thing. If you came to me and said, I'm going to get a butterfly on my ankle, <laughs> it would have almost exactly the same sort of reaction from me fuck? as I'm getting a line drawing of my dead dog on my arm because tat- my tattoos are all, <laughs> they're all based in pain. They're all based in pain and reminder. You know, and that's the thing is my tattoos are like, my, you know, it's like, buy the ticket, take the ride. This is water. The road is life. These are reminders of specific moments in my life that I went, I need to remember this fucking lesson because this was bad and this was fucked up and I got to remember this lesson. So I'm going to find the quote that encapsulates that lesson and I'm putting that on my fucking body. So when I look at it, I can go, oh, that's right. 
Alice or, oh, divorce or, oh, lost job. I, I mean, I can look at these. They all have a lesson. There's a story attached to each one of these tattoos. But there's a but story attached to mine as well. This is not this is not of getting a butterfly out of nowhere. Here's a quick story. When right. I was a freshman in college, uh, like the second week, you know, we're all we're 18 years old. We're in Las Vegas, and th- this one of the guys on, on my dorm floor, um, Andy, we're, he's going to get a tattoo, and we're all going to go downtown, and we're going to get a tat. We're going to watch Andy get a tattoo. Fuck! Oh my god! It's so god! Ah, what? We're free. We're 18. <laughs> oh, college. So we go downtown to some place like in the shadow of the stratosphere, and you know it's it's cleaned up a bit since you know 1997. But at the time, this was fucking scary. You know, it was a rough area, yeah. and it was like nighttime, and it's just whatever. So it was like, so he goes and he get, he he's in the shop, and he's flipping through the books and looking at all the draw, you know, all the like the the, the flash, cl- the clip art, basically. It was it's called Flash. Okay, so he's looking at the yeah. Flash, and he chooses a like a. a a shark that's like thrashing out of the water and it's got blood coming off its sharp teeth and there's like splashes Ah. of water. And so he's, he gets it on up on his arm, um, you know, on his, his bicep shoulder whatever. And I asked him later, I said, Andy, why, why did you pick the shark? And he said, well, David, ah, when I think of myself, uh, (laughs) I, I think of a sh- when I think of myself, I think of a shark. Yeah, and I went, oh, that's some bullshit. But okay, cool. So you had a stupid friend. Well, so fast forward like five, six years later, I run into him. We're out of college, and I see him at a bar, and I was like, hey man, you know, we catch up a little bit, and I was like, do you still have the shark tattoo? How's that holding up? And he goes, oh yeah, I, I covered that up. <laughs> So he pulls up his shirt and he had it like redone into something else. I don't remember what it was. And I go and I tell him, I'm like, do you remember saying that to me? He goes, yeah, that was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever said. It was the worst mistake. When I think of myself, I think think of of a shark. It was so, and it was just like the lamest, like you can picture that flash clip arty like shark. Oh no, I can see it. I can see it. It's in every shitty tattoo parlor across the nation. Like that same picture, right? Um, So it's not like I just got this thing because I was like, Oh, I'm gonna get a tattoo. Uh, it, it's not the same as a butterfly in my ankle because I just wanted to well, get a tattoo. David, I didn't make fun of you incessantly. I didn't. I t- know, you know, but I'm trying to understand I, like why I gave you a little bit of ribbing because it's almost like getting a fucking butterfly in your ankle. See, I think it's nothing like but, that. But 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 maybe just a little bit more significant, and I'm okay with that. But it's, it's not my fucking body. It's your tattoo. I know, but do you have to, and I don't, I mean, I'll put whatever I want on my body, my body, my Goddamn choice. Goddamn right. Right. That's your body, your choice. But you to compare too. it to a throwaway butterfly on my ankle, you talk right. about like the David, pain, the lessons learned, right, like Eddie, Eddie taught me lessons when I'm, when I'm David, kind of freaking out or like if, I, if I'm ever like really angry with Katie, I'll sometimes look at uh-huh. them and be like, I promised so, Eddie I would take care of her. So I need to. All right. You and I are going to go to a Harley Davidson biker bar. Okay. In short sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to sit around. <laughs> and yeah. while while I'm going to look like a little bit of a pretentious dick because I've got words all over my arms. Yeah. They're beating the shit out of you. <laughs> that is, yes, I cannot feel tough with this tattoo. And That's I, all I'm saying. Well, and that's the thing. Like, when we talk about gentrification of Wicker Park, like, I'm now the yeah. toughest looking motherfucker in the neighborhood 
because I'm wearing, you know, like a, a Captain Jazz band t-shirt and yeah. I'm wearing black jeans and I've got a tattoo of a puppy. You know, yeah, and I, I'm the toughest looking motherfucker in town. That's all. See, and that's all I'm saying with is my it's emo, all my emo pers- shirt, and yeah, like, your emo <laughs> shirt and your wife's line drawing of your puppy. I get it. That's all I'm saying. That's I'm, all I'm saying. I'm ready to get the next tattoo. I'm ready to get it, and it's and it's going to be tougher. It's gonna be a well. What it's going to be is it's going to be of a shark. No. <laughs> Right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, my first thing is uh, it's a watch. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a stand-up comedy special, Leslie Jones from SNL. Fame. Oh yeah, um, Leslie Jones' Time Machine on Netflix. Here's the thing: it's because I've never seen her stand-up. She's um, funny. She is funny. It's not the best stand-up I've seen. There's a lot of her laughing at her own shit, like kind oh, yeah. of as the joke. But here's what I appreciate about it. It's a stand-up comedy special on Netflix that isn't preachy. Oh, yeah, it thank It actually God. has jokes. Whether they're great or not is, but it's stand-up in its true form. And I just, that was fun to see. Because you don't see it that often on Netflix anymore. <laughs> you don't. You don't. It's, it's a hint against me changed all of it. Now yeah. we all have to stand on the Tignataro <laughs> pedestal and bitch at everybody about how unwoke right. they are oh, but yeah it's, it's a lot of fun because it's it's a lot of she's it's a little sam kinnison she does a lot of the screaming and it's but it's yeah. fun yeah leslie jones time machine on netflix all right the thing i just and i just and you know and maybe it's just repetitive i just love it so much um go on to youtube this is a watch youtube there's a, a channel called screen rants mm-hmm and there is a yeah. whole series of this guy that, that does these fake pitch meetings. And it's him as the screenwriter <laughs> pitching the movies to himself as the executive. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, it, it, <laughs> if there's nothing funnier, it's just how he breaks down how completely stupid every movie made is. I mean, and it's one of the one of the best, and it's consistent in every single one. Yeah, is is the phrase? He's like, oh, like the executive says, oh, that should be really hard. You know, like he'll say, oh, and then this, then Captain America has to do this. He goes, oh, that sounds really hard. And then the response almost every time is, oh no, super easy, hardly an, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> and then explains how they've just written out this book. It is really funny. So screen rants, pitch meetings. I just, <laughs> I've been in a, a wormhole. These I can watch them over and over. And, and about how how time. long is each episode? Like maybe three minutes. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, it's Perfect. really fun. Perfect for your new job when you're hoping people like you because you wore a nice shirt. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next thing is, uh, it's a, a read. Uh, GQ, Lauren Van Opel, The Rise of the Dog Vorse. Yeah. Yeah, just give it give it a read. There you go. Mine is a watch, um, it, mainly because we just found out that uh, Damon Lindelof is not going to do a second season of Watchmen on HBO. I didn't hear that. He is not doing it. He has said he's not interested in it. There's nothing that's interesting. And what HBO has said, and I'm hoping they stick to the guns on this, is if Damon Lindelof's not going to do it, they're not going to do a second season. Good. So that means it's a standalone, which I really kind of like, because I thought it was super brilliant. So if, if you have not watched, start to finish, Watchmen on HBO, fucking step your shit up, because it's really, really remarkably good. Okay. I do need to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Watchmen? I get it. <laughs> All right. Um, so my third thing is uh, it's it's a two-parter. 
Go to rollingstone.com. There's a story called I Heart... Well, sorry, the story, the headline is The Culling Has Begun Inside the I Heart Media Layoffs. Uh, just a quick subhead. The largest radio company in America cut a number of employees this week dealing a blow to local radio across the country. This came out, I think, Wednesday, maybe? Um, okay. I Heart Media used to be Clear Channel. Um, so read that and then I want you to read The Last DJ by David Himmel it's very good it's available on Amazon and this is honestly God this is not a buy my book pitch yeah just understand that these gigantic layoffs that the biggest media company is doing biggest radio media company um, this has been going on for 20 years or longer like the book tells this story of people losing their job of local radio going to shit because they don't want to spend the money and they can just pump in crap mm-hmm. and just how it, the listener doesn't matter, the DJ doesn't matter, the music doesn't even matter in radio anymore. It's, yeah, so give those two things a read and then sit back and we'll talk about how capitalism is working. There you go. Um, and I'm gonna, I've got a double. My third is a double as well. Um, two documentaries I want you to watch. Um, maybe you've seen, I don't think you've seen one of them, but I'm pretty, you might have seen the other. But today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's right. And so what I want you to do is you can go online. Uh, there's a documentary series on PBS called Eyes on the Prize, and it is all archival footage and interviews about the March at Selma. Mm, Um, by Martin Luther King. And then the other one is Four Little Girls, which you can watch on HBO. Um, Not quite the same thing, but it, I mean, it, it, but basically it's like, yeah, if you're going to, if we're going to have a goddamn national holiday for, you know, for Jesus and we spend a whole month talking about Santa Claus, (laughs) maybe on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we might spend a little time and instead of reflect on what we wanted him to say or how we can reinterpret what he said to fit our means, perhaps maybe just watch some documentaries about Martin Luther King and understand what a remarkable human being he actually was in the context of his time that's a really good point i just a a quick moment before we sign off because with all kidding aside we don't spend enough time talking about mlk yeah you know in the way we do jesus and fucking santa claus just to just today or yesterday i guess is is this drops but my son it's the middle of january said to me ho 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 santa Uh uh-huh we're past the holidays. I don't know what prompted him to say that shit. Yeah. I need to teach him some Martin Luther King quotes because I spent a lot of time teaching him, ho, 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 Santa. Ho, 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 exactly, Merry Christmas. That's exactly my point. Yeah. I'm not a good American. <laughs> no, I don't think, so that's things, I don't think it's that you're not a good American. It's just that, that we have holidays yeah. and because they're so commerce driven, Right. You know, I mean, it's like, I'm sure, Harry, I'm sure most people know a hell of a lot more about, like, the Great Pumpkin right. for Halloween or drunken Irish assholes for St. Patrick's Day yeah. than they know about Martin Luther King. And if well, he, all had a, you know, he had a dream. Yeah, well, if all, yeah, exactly. If yeah. all you know is I had a dream, you haven't even scratched the surface because this guy had, if you just focus on the things he did when he made public addresses, when he did speeches... It's a lot more depth to what this man had to say. Yeah. And and quite frankly, it's one of the things, and maybe, you know, somebody can go, well, you're a white guy. You can't interpret Martin Luther. Fuck off, okay? Suck right. my dick. Right. What I'm going to say is 
<laughs> Martin Luther King probably wouldn't like me saying fuck off and suck my dick because his whole point was <laughs> figuring out how to unify a left that right now we're having a real problem unifying. It would be a good yeah. holiday to celebrate and really look into it. So that's all I'm saying. You know what? But the left, we probably can't even celebrate Martin Luther King Day because he did great things, but he also cheated on his wife. And he would, you know, like... And he's uh, about black rights and not white people. And yeah, fuck, everybody fuck shut the fuck off. up. Just watch a documentary so you can see how <laughs> remarkable the man was. Right. And shut up. You don't get to have an opinion. Just watch it. God damn. Jesus Christ, America. Ho, 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 Santa. Ho, 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 and fuck it up your butt. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Rock and roll. <laughs> you can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Locomotive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.